0: podcast on this cloudy Pittsburgh morning. My name is Nathaniel. I am joined as always by my father, Rich. Good
1: morning, Nathaniel. How was that weekend? I think you were hitting the books pretty hard this weekend.
0: It was good. I have a a series, a a securities exam, taking an exam this afternoon that hit the books hard this past weekend. Also spent a little time at Kennywood Saturday evening. Nice. How was that? It was good. It was that fright night okay thing. have you ever been for that i've never been oh, to that a lot, no. of fun
1: i'm almost at a point though where i feel like if i never go back to kennywood it'll be too soon <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know we only rode one roller coaster oh really it's a bunch of like these cool haunted houses and okay things. it's the, they dress the whole park up do you know that you know that ride it's like it's a water ride and you you're in this uh like this boat with like eight other people yeah. in the circle thing and you it's like a Raging Rapids okay. type of thing. They clear all that out, and you walk through that. And it's like oh, a haunted house. wow. It's really cool. Okay. So that was my weekend. That would be pretty neat. How was your weekend?
1: It was okay. I watched uh, a couple movies. I watched one I thought was going to be really good because I had a hard time getting it over at the Red Box, and it was Keanu Reeves' new movie. And it was absolutely one of the most horrible movies ever. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, it was just what terrible. Was um, I think it was called Siberia. And it was about kind of <laughs> Reeves' character, and he's supposed to be getting these diamonds in Russia. And it just had no, the plot was terrible, the acting was bad. And in the end, he gets killed. And you know, it's like the good guy, supposed good guy, doesn't win.
0: You, you've, you've always had very good movie recommendations for me because you lo- watch a ton of them through that Redbox. Mm-hmm. So I always trust your movie reviews. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, let's hopefully the show doesn't turn into movie you reviews. You should start but. another podcast for <laughs> movie reviews. Like do. the movies I've watched over the weekend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because this deal I get at Redbox, I get a cheap movie every weekend. And then I went back and I did... Uh, the Rocks movie, Skyscraper, and that was one where, yeah, really hard to believe some right. of the action that they're doing, but the good guy wins in in the end of That's it, fair. so it was a good That's movie. Fun.
0: <laughs> That's fun. That's uh, well, so, fun. Well, so we started talking. We took a week off, by we the way. Hey, yeah, just scheduling-wise. Thank you for coming back, listening. Um, uh, You know, we had a fun weekend, and then there's times that We were just talking about this before, mm-hmm. but there's times in life where uh, things get really challenging, things get really hard, and it makes you look to weekends like that and think, man, I, I wish those times would never end. But we know through life, you know, things are cyclical. Right. And I, I think that's an interesting topic to explore today, what to do when things really start to get messed up in your life.
1: Yeah, it really does. And we had talked about the book of Job, and we we're kind of really continuing that discussion here this morning as we think about how, life can have these significant pitfalls and these times of great despair. And, and when I look at that, I'm thinking, what causes that? And we can trace it all the way back to the very beginning with Adam and Eve and when sin was introduced. So sin has, in a way, if you, if you talk about it in the modern sense, has corrupted our own DNA. So it causes each and every human being to have this, Uh, rebellious nature towards the ways of God and in that we look at how does that play out so we have a whole world of sinful people and they're all living sinful lives so even the very best of us are going to make mistakes and it was funny where yesterday in the message that we heard it talked about think of people who are really good and think about the idea of maybe they only make one mistake a day or maybe two mistakes a day, right? So let's say they make two mistakes a day and you think, well, that's not bad at all. I mean I could probably, oh, I lose track if I was counting my mistakes, <laughs> sure. But then that becomes over 700 mistakes in a single year, right. And if they live 80 years, we're looking at five, six, seven, thousand mistakes right. And so why would a perfect holy God ever accept a, a person? with that many mistakes. So we perceive them to have been righteous and good, and yet they made those types of mistakes. So, of course, we believe that Jesus paid for all of our sins, but it's those mistakes that cause consequences. And that's what puts us in some of the world hurt that uh, we feel, so how do you, uh, at this point in life, Nathaniel, do you have any mechanisms that help you or, or is it just you kind of tough it out?
0: Well, I think something that has even calmed me down <clears throat> in, I'd say, the last four or five years is recognizing that a lot of the bad things that happen in my life are a result of choices that I have made and not putting blame on anybody else. Because when you put blame on somebody else, it takes kind of control out of the situation. So if you make a mistake... You can take action to remedy it if you realize that the mistake was your creation in itself. Putting blame on somebody else really doesn't help a lot. Uh, So for me, whenever whenever life gets rough, I think, okay, what were the steps that I took to get to that place? Mm -hmm. And then what's going to be the remedy? What's the course of action? Because sometimes in my life I've made mistakes and things have gotten so bad that it's almost easier just – to give up and <laughs> they'll almost laugh at it that things are so bad right now but right. if i take if i realize where i've gotten to what choices i've made and put myself in these situations it's a lot easier to get out of that trap right do you, do you understand like do you recognize what i'm saying
1: I, I do i do and um yeah part of that and even though know, here we are as we tape and we're thinking about some of these past events <coughs> And even, too, with, okay, I can see here's where I obviously made a mistake. But I've had times in my life where, and this goes back to at times, and we'll we'll hit this subject in more detail in the future, where what is working in the unseen world, okay? So if we believe the Bible and even how Jesus had to encounter the demonic, and the demonic's goal really for all of us is just to keep us from God. So to plant ideas, to cause situations, and it's amazing to me how deceptive those attempts can be and how subtle to get you started. So I've experienced times where it wasn't where I could say, okay, this event in the past was the beginning of this trouble. It was how I just gradually and slowly began to slide. Mm. And in that, it might be four or five months. It might be a year. And then I re- realize, oh, oh, wait a minute. I am really off course here and I'm suffering. I'm, I'm feeling the, the consequences like you're talking about. And now, how do I begin to remedy that? Right. Remedy that. So, for you, when, when you've really sensed that, okay, here's the mistake, what are your steps or what is your kind of process to kind of get you back on track?
0: Uh, trust that things are going to be okay. I yeah. think that's a good way to start. Just mm-hmm. that I, I know I'm going to get through this right. because of what I believe, um, and I think from there, panic starts to go away. Right. Based off of you know your particular situation, but I think it all starts with that spark of things are going to be okay. Right. Um, I think for me personally, I have to have that yeah. that an understanding that it's it's a crazy thought, but Whenever I get really stressed and anxious about something that's going wrong in my life, I l- I do remember that we are, uh, we are, you know, in God's hands. But we're also ants on this planet, hmm. and it's it's amazing to me that, we, um, you know, even in our own human intellect, we can't see the ends of the earth, or excuse me, the ends of the universe. Right. right? That that is a it's that's a hippie. 1970s <laughs> drug using thought but yeah. that, that's such a um that's such a powerful thing to me in in relation to existence what is this issue okay that that's something that really impacts me when you have when you have had times that were down in your life what was that spark that made you think oh i've i've gotten off the beaten path right for you personally what what has been Typically, has it been like an instant realization of I've gotten off the path or mm-hmm. things are down or what what has that experience been like for you
1: Well, you know what I can think of right now two examples in my life where it was one of those very slow very deceptive type of slides and then and this isn't typical I mean I can only think of two of these in uh, really a 30-year journey with the Lord where I was about to take another step that was even more off the path. And it wasn't like God said something to me outwardly, like I heard it uh, or I saw it in the clouds. It was just inside, it was almost like the Lord just screaming at me, no. Hmm. Like uh, Just as I'm um, involved in this action, a- in my mind I hear this, no that I know it's not me. Hmm. I know this is the Lord speaking to me. And that has been the wake up where other times it's more of a, okay, I'm realizing, wait a minute, something is off here. And then it, it, it's kind of a, a slow awake, almost like the dawn.
0: Do you think, do you think you realize that because of just the mental state? Like I'm not necessarily, I don't, you know, I'm not feeling good about this, or do you typically recognize that based off of outcomes of what's going on? Meaning, do you think it's more internal a realization or an external realization of, oh, this is not producing the results that I thought it was going to?
1: Yeah, I think it's more of that outward at that point, starting to see, wait a minute, this shouldn't be unfolding the way it is, or... I'm seeing a lot of issues here that are causing me to worry or to have some anxiety or to physically feel it. And then that's where I begin to awaken, um, in a gradual way. But it's those times when the Lord has just in in a very powerful internal way, just spoke to me that stop it. And, and and because if we look and say, okay, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, I abide in you, you abide in me. Well, the problem is we are the ones who start to drift away from that. But it's in that kind of moment as the Lord is starting to nudge us, knowing that it's not all being done behind a curtain or a closed door. The Lord the Lord is watching this and patiently letting us kind of slide in order to be able to rec right. or help guide us right back to it.
0: Right. That was going to be my next question for you. I think some, sometimes people would fear, and I know I've had it in the past where if I get off the beaten path and somehow I'm not saved, I'm not, you know, my, you know, my destiny has gone because I've gotten off the beaten path in yeah. some way. And I think, I think you're exactly right. Let you go. I mean, it's like a, a father to a son in right. some aspects. It's, touch the oven and then learn for yourself what is not what you shouldn't do and you come back to um you come back to that normalcy you come back to that safety aspect right i mean what's what story? I, I cannot remember what passage it is but the uh the two sons and the one son stays with the family and uh uh inherits a a lot of wealth and does really well with the family one son goes away spends all of wealth and you know has prostitutes and everything and then he comes back and expects to be a servant of the father and the other brother and the father welcomes him in puts a robe on him and um you know i think that's an interesting i i just think that in my life i've experienced that so much with my walk in faith that it's um i think that's one of the most powerful things because then i have learned from that i have learned what works in my life and what what absolutely doesn't. Right,
1: right. Yeah, that that story of the prodigal son, you're right on the money with that. And, And there's a difference in theological opinion. And when I look at important books like the book of John, not that any of them are lesser, But when Jesus says about having a grasp on us, that the Father has a hold of us, the Son has a hold of us. And so to think that we as human beings have the ability to pry the fingers of God away from us, that it once again be in this lost state, I don't think that's biblical at all. So I do believe that when we have truly given our heart to the Lord, that we are now bound for all eternity. And yes, um, I agree that when we when we start to slide and, you know, we start to get deep into our consequences, we may have that feeling, uh-oh, are we lost? I, theologically, I, I would say no. But you're right, the external, where people will look and say, wow, I thought that person was saved. Right. But yet, look at their actions. They must be lost, or maybe they never had a true commitment to the Lord. Right. So,
0: Yeah. Do you think other people, do you think it's another analogy of take the log out of your own eye before you wipe away the dust and wipe away the speck in somebody else's eye? Meaning, do a lot of people not realize they're so far off the beaten path? I mean, growing up in many different church organizations, that certainly seems to be the case.
1: I do. And in the church as well as in the outside world, the, the issue can be, you know, some of these base type of problems like pride and arrogance and how that even creeps into the church where uh, in the community, it's a feeling of, okay, we are close to God. Everybody on the outside is bad and wicked. And somehow we we have a, um, a special walk, which it ends up failing. But that's where that pride can creep in. And boy, I've seen that so many times, sadly in church, and also with church leadership. In that, that pride of okay, we're in control, we're in power here, and boy, that ends up being very destructive.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think that one particular analogy I think is constant in every aspect of my life. I think it will just always be there. Before I criticize somebody else for quote getting off of the path. i need to recognize my own shortcomings before i criticize somebody else i i've i've done that many times in my life and it's not criticizing anybody else who's done it to me but i i have i've done that so much in my life and it's almost been those points whenever i criticize somebody else that i realize Mm -hmm. how the steps and the remedies i need to take to get back to where i want to be spiritually speaking i think that's been really powerful
1: Yeah, even like before we went on air here, we were talking about uh, a gentleman named Stan Druckenmiller. Stan has been one of the most successful investors, but he's not a household name because he never put himself out there in the spotlight. He doesn't go to all the fancy parties in New York City. You don't see him showing up on CNBC or other financial programs. But the one thing he kept coming back to as I was watching this interview with him is humility. And understanding he makes mistakes and not allowing himself to get prideful when he's on a great streak, when he's really on a roll. I mean, he's had returns for his clients that have actually been 50% in a single year return on their investments. But always coming back to that humility that, you know, the next deal could be terrible, could be at a loss. And I think that's for you and I, too. When we are walking with the Lord and it seems like we we have this sense of peace and all of a sudden things are falling in place for us to always be careful that uh oh, now the God God of the universe is now taking me uh, as something more important or somehow I'm better because I'm getting all this favor of God to watch out because God's going to prune that one from us real quick.
0: How do you think people get better at humility? Do you, do you think there's steps to take to get better at that particular skill in life of humility?
1: Yeah, boy, is that, that's almost like an oxymoron that I want to be good at humility. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm the best. <laughs> I'm the best <laughs> at humility. <That's laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I think for myself, because, boy, this can almost be a daily struggle. It's as soon as the thought comes into my mind that, wow, Look what I have done, or boy, I feel like I'm really smart in this area, and that's where you have to check it, because those little um, thoughts. Now, that's not sin. When you, when you have a little thought, it's not a sin. It's do you, in a sense, water it and fertilize it, and let that thought grow and take hold get a root going inside of you right that's where you got to attack it right away and i will continually praise the lord thank you lord for this um even when i think about recently where i just had i opened up a case with a new client and it was really it was very small But I'll tell you, I still um, just dropped to my knees and said, thank you, Lord, uh, for allowing me to help somebody. But the very next meeting turned out to be a very nice case. And so it's to recognize God's going to provide sometimes very small, sometimes very significant. And sometimes there'll be periods where, boy, there's nothing going on. But it's how do you keep make sure that you're checking any type of pride that wants to come in there on those good times when we can get on a roll.
0: I think that's great. I yeah. think it's great advice. Well, thank you very much for joining us here for the Money and Faith podcast. If you like us, make sure you uh, make sure you subscribe to the show. Make sure you leave us five stars and a comment if you're using iTunes. That is how we know that we're doing good. And the folks listen to the show, uh, you can find us here on Google, I believe, and uh, SoundCloud as well. Uh, Make sure you visit our Facebook page. It's Safety First Retirement. Just search it up there. Shoot us a like. We're running a contest right now. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, you can win a $50 gift card to Eaton Park, any location around the area. Just make sure that you are liking our Facebook page uh, and share the post too. You'll see it right on the top of the, the Facebook page, I believe. Uh, And visit our website, safetyfirstretirement.com. That's safety1stretirement.com. Safety First Retirement. If you'd like to sit down with one of us, uh, give us a phone call, 412 772 8575. And if you'd like to see us uh, live and in person for a retirement planning seminar, I am going to be at Owls Cafe this week on Tuesday and Thursday, and you're at?
1: I think Monticello's Monticello's. on Babcock Boulevard.
0: Yeah, so make sure you join us there. You can find all of that information and actually schedule to be at a retirement planning seminar on our website, again, safetyfirstretirement.com. So thank you very much for joining us here on the Money and Faith podcast. We will see you next Monday. Have a great week.